Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 22, Empowered Dating and Feminine Magnetism with Alina Rose. Alina is a cognitive coach and sensuality mentor. She empowers women with feminine magnetism to attract and sustain their ideal relationship. Alina is all about amplifying your feminine energy and trusting your intuition. This was such a fun, um, empowering, uplifting conversation around dating and really stepping into our feminine power and I enjoyed it so so much yeah so did I am and I really left this conversation feeling empowered because you know even though I'm married I just took so much you know away from Alina's wisdom and her perspective and so I'm really excited for you to listen to this we covered everything from you know dating intuitively to the divine feminine like to the feminine intelligence mm. to navigating rejection yeah um, our sexual magnetism and just when we know when we're ready for a relationship as well yeah and Alina shed some really interesting light on all of the above and I think we both kind of fell in love with Alina before we'd even met her, really. Mm. She's such an incredible um, presence. And while we were researching for the episode, um, she actually had a really interesting post. I mean, all of her posts on social media are actually amazing and really interesting. And she had a video about taking a break from dating. And I was like, oh, I need to do that. So I'm actually midway through my break from dating at the moment. And I'll be honest with you, like there is a part of me that's like, oh God, I cannot even fathom the thought of going back to dating because it has been a wild ride. Um, but I actually feel really excited now. Mm. I think Elena gave some really beautiful, empowering advice. Mm. Yeah. And really practical advice as well, which mm. I really loved. And just a really different spin on things, I think. There's so much advice around dating all the time and from so many different platforms and friends and family members. And, yeah, I think the takeaways from this episode with Alina are something really special. Yeah, and we get really witchy in this episode. Yeah, surprisingly witchy. I think all three of us kind of surprised ourselves with how witchy we went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this might be one of the witchiest. Yeah. So, yeah, we know that you'll appreciate and enjoy that, fellow witch. 
Absolutely. Whether you're dating or not, yeah, I think you really will get a lot out of this episode. Yeah, so enjoy. Welcome, Alina. We are so excited to have you here. And yeah, so welcome to Witches Being Witches. Yeah, welcome. Absolute honour and initiation of sorts. Yes, love it. (laughs) We would love to start off with, do you know what your sun, moon and rising signs are? Okay, so I just got that done again, and this is according to the Veda. Amazing. Well, I knew that was your preference. So my (laughs) sun in Veda is an Aries, and my moon is in Gemini. Oh. Ascendant is Gemini, which is interesting to kind of try on because you're so used to being well I'm a Taurian and that's so typical and I think my moon sign may be a cancer in the usual astrology but yeah the data fascinates me it feels like the the unseen aspect of astrology almost as if the Kabbalah is the unseen aspect of Judaism and Sufism is the unseen element of Islam. Would you agree with that as uh, the Veda expert? Yeah. Yes. And I love that. And I love that you've done your homework and research on this as well. (laughs) And just even being open enough to really look at those differences because Mm -hmm. we can quite pigeonhole ourselves with our our astrology signs. Mm -hmm. So just like playing with that and seeing how that Gemini, um, double Gemini there really responds to you Mm. and with the Aries as well, Aries sun. So yeah, Mm. I love this. And do you know what your human design is? Yes, um, I'm like many people, a manifesting projector. No, yeah, manifesting generator. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I've delved a little bit into that. And it's um, the type that is energized by the pursuit of pleasure and feel good, which it sounds great in theory, but, you know, I still still struggle with embodying that from time to time. But it it does tend to work out any time I follow that bliss. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. Diving in, yeah. Uh, Alina, we would love to know how you got to where you are now as a cognitive coach and a sensuality mentor. Mm. You know, what does that look like for you? What has been those major moments that have really catapulted you to where you are today? Mm. Mm. Yeah, Uh, thank you for asking. I think like so many of us in the healing professions, in the healing arts, begin as a quest of the self and looking for answers, whether it's our own well-being or removing our own stagnant blockages to life. And my blockages always tended to be around relationships. And even even since year four at school, I was so boy crazy. Mm -hmm. And the boys just ran, like literally ran away from me in the playground. And that felt like it didn't end until well into my early 30s when I just continued to embody but in hindsight I'm so happy on the deep journey that I went on because I realized in the soul connection how much undoing and unlearning of 
stereotypes and societal archetypes there is. And I, and this is just for my own path, but I wonder if I hadn't have done the work and kind of married my first boyfriend or at 24, would my life be as rich and colorful as it is today because I've been able to strip away the shackles of conditioning that constantly have me facing, okay, I'm almost 40. Do I need to get married? Do I need to define my partnership? Do I need to have children? And just the luxury of asking. And so through that, I think because I was in general quite a shitty teenager and I come from a family of readers, my dad gave me um, how to win friends and influence people. Not mm -hmm. sure why he gave me that, haha. -ha. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave me the uh, Seven Habits by Stephen Covey. And then I read the Celestian Prophecy. And mm -hmm. that was such a revelation. And you may feel that as a part of the first time you read a spiritual book of sorts that you go, what? There's something beyond the mind? Mm -hmm. What? That's interconnected. Like even learning for the first time that the moon, which is up there, so yeah. deep effects was going on in here. Mm. And so, yeah, and I'm sure you have a similar story, but it does open up a rabbit hole of sorts. And then I did a commerce marketing degree at uni and then I was catching the bus home from uni one day and I saw uh, like those advertisements where you tear off the phone number at the bottom and it said life coaching, help people achieve their dreams. And I thought, this is a job because... <laughs> like surely that can't be a job because jobs are kind of meant to suck and feel like work and I went to that information night and begged my parents to please mom and dad I promise this is going to be a thing can you pay for me while I'm still at uni to also do this life coach training and then I did the same thing with my NLP and hypnotherapy training and then just the rabbit hole of delving deeper and deeper and a tantra opened up to me and EFT and Psyche K and then I went back to uni to do a master's and neuroscience and behavioral economics and the sciences and the arts I'm really drawn to all of them until you kind of hit a point where you go wow I've been doing this for 15 years I'm not a rookie 23 24 year old 24 year old life coach anymore enough hours and experiences have embodied for my own manifestation to crystallize and be an offering in this modern ever-changing world so yeah in short I mean I don't think anyone's ever really asked me the story of my journey so pardon that kind of stream of consciousness but all the pieces came together to where they are today and something always stands out you know some people are like Oof, like meditation or Reiki and for me the the feminine energy and the feminine arts and sciences but in that very masculine world mm -hmm. it feels really relevant for me at the times that we're at today as as a people yeah mm -hmm. so important because in the ancient times science and spirituality was never separated yeah. it was always practiced together and so I love that everything that you've achieved with your wisdom, your knowledge mm. um, is really embodying yeah. all of that learning. Yeah, beautiful. That's it. Thank you. 
And we have so many, we have so many, we have questions. so many questions, especially from, from me. <laughs> because well, I, have a lot of tea. I am the, the data of the duo. Um, and yeah, I've got a lot of questions because it has been a very interesting year and I feel like I have learned a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could really benefit and then a lot of, a lot of witches would really benefit from your, um, your wisdom. Yeah, we, I think the, the through line in lots of um, things that we deal with is relationships at mm. the core and how much this in, impacts us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, coming back to our, how we feel about ourselves yeah. is, you know, the greatest relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to start off by picking your brain about dating really intuitively which I know is something that you talk a lot about on your socials and I really wanted to ask you about that and how to not only date intuitively but in a way that's really empowering because it was funny when you were talking about feeling like jobs have to be hard and that you have to kind of get through and I think sometimes it can dating can feel like that hmm yeah um well I think the first thing that really popped into not my mind but into the energy field as you said it is what if more of us knew a human design and what feels pleasurable and organic was informed by our own unique makeup so I don't know too much about it but is it um the reflector the projector that needs to wait for the invitation so yeah yeah, yeah, projectors, yeah. Projector. So if you know you're a projector and you may have well-intended intention friends around you saying, come on, just make the move, make the move, and you're like, oh, it just never goes well, then wait for the invitation. Like, let that be okay. And then that can have your own journey. And if you're a manifesting generator like myself, it's okay to halfway through a conversation go, oh, you know what? We're not grooving anymore and politely exit. So I think giving yourself permission to just own your experience and you can still be kind and reverent and respectful, but our friends can often serve or articles online in the media as that uh, blocker to our own intuition, well-intended, well-intended. I can't speak, say words today at all. <laughs> but uh, so um I think that would be the first step. I mean, does that resonate with you already? Because as yeah. witches, we are already quite intuitive. So where, where does that get blocked in the dating experience? Is it because we're following kind of a natural truth and then a little voice pops up and goes, no, wait a minute, you're messaging too much, you're being too keen, or oh, yeah. maybe we'll try again. And we start to second guess and I guess apply strategy. Yes. Does that resonate or is there a deeper and even deeper reason why that question popped no, up? I agree. I think it's very true. Like you very often get caught up in the game. Thing. You know, mm -hmm. like they've taken two hours to reply. So now I'm going to take two hours to reply. Yeah. But that doesn't feel good. Right. Yeah, no, good, it doesn't yeah. feel natural. It doesn't feel organic. And then it's trying to kind of... Um, yeah, meets halfway somewhere. And yeah, I think you're completely right understanding how you work and what's going to feel good and right for you. And I think ultimately that doing that and honouring that in yourself is not going to scare off the right person, right? 
You get a ride. Well, <laughs> well, depends where you're at in yourself. Because yeah. if your cup is full, if you have say 20 suitors and whatever, you know you're the shit. Like yeah. doesn't matter if you reply, you know, I always say, like, imagine you were like Gigi Hadid, you know, Gigi Hadid or Claudia Schiffer or you know, whoever your kind of epitome of the ultimate hot babies you would be like I'll answer when I want because it's me <laughs> so there is a certain sense of scarcity that we can all have so whether it's with clients if we only have two clients and we want 10 we can be like no no I'll talk to you whenever oh I'll go above and beyond and same with guys they're like no no or girls whoever you're dating but we may be like no no um yeah of course I can meet up later no problem but what if we already approach with that sense of abundance as if you were already the most in-demand witch in the world, mm. then that's the spirit from which you should be replying because if we are taking everything personally, such as waiting, such as somebody replying to you two hours later, mm. which very likely has nothing at all to do yeah. with ourselves, but it means that our cup is low and it's time to get back into our rituals. And when the cup's overflowing and you've got no attachment, you can sleep with them on the first date, you can make them wait six months, whatever you want. And I guess that's the dating intuitive. It's like, well, hey, I want this, but I think intuition comes a lot more potently on mm. a full spiritual and emotional cup. Yeah, absolutely agree. Oh, yeah. that feels very empowering. I love yeah. that, that take. Mm that you have Alina and yeah it's definitely tapping into those energetics and that vibration I remember before I met my husband I said to my my parents I said I am done dating I don't think I'm gonna date for the rest of my life I'm I'm really happy how I am and where I'm at and that is the moment that I met him because I was already like full yeah. in that vibration and I was going to attract that fullness into mm. my life. So, yeah, it's very interesting how that mm. works. Mm. I um, have this mantra. It's been for myself and now it's a collective mantra and it's never let them become your supply. Yes. And, you know, Tari, you're married. You may relate to this and, you know, I've manifested my penguin who's got a very similar Vedic astrology chart to me actually which Ooh. that which is like that's a whole other next conversation I was flawed because we're quite different but when my friend just an aside which just shows manifesting works but when my friend a few weeks ago did our chart but I couldn't find it and then she sent us both our charts and I'm like you sent me mine twice and then she goes no no that's his and I'm like oh my goodness like so many things were the same, but outwardly were so different, which shows that energetically, when we kind of come back to our blueprint, that blueprint is matched. Mm. That's why this work and this more shamanic and witchy work is so important because our blueprint is our magnet and mindset work kind of begins to dissipate some sediment, but mm. it's only through the sacred geometric configuration of our chart, alignment with nature's geometry, alignment with like the plant melody that we can really own our power and never letting the man or your partner, I keep saying, man, I'm so heteronormative. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, uh, but yeah, but we do tend to, because of our collect collective kind of princess romance, mm. even my penguin Vedic partner never let them become our supply, which means be the source of your good mood, of your sensuality, of your confidence. And success is always, I find, in dating, relating, abundance, wellness, when you are 70% full. Yeah. And then they can come and take your fulfillment, your sense of adventure, your orgasmic nature, the other 100 plus overflowing percent. But mm -hmm. anyone who is kind of oh, going out and wanting to date, but like, oh, I don't know, yeah, maybe I'll go on the app. So oh, got a day, but I'm so freaking over it. I don't feel like <laughs> it. that really low, I call it not yeah. a vibe, but that low cup there's absolutely no way that you're going to have an abundant experience and then go and tell 10 other people that, oh, apps suck and there's no good prospects out there and it sucks. And we're like perpetuating this really untrue narrative because it can be a ball. What yeah. do you think, Gam? Have you been having a ball? Like, yeah. A yeah. And do you know what? It's been interesting because yes and no, but the times where I have been having fun and the times where I have adopted that energy and, um, I guess in empowerment, self-empowerment of realizing that my own cup is full and that I'm not needing someone else to fill my cup for me. So I have had times of that definitely in my dating journey. But then I've also had times where, and I think this is as someone who has anxiety and suffers from anxiety every now and then that kind of activates in dating. And Tara and I were talking about this before, and it would be interesting actually to get your perspective on it. But Dating can be really fun and exciting, especially in the early days. But then as someone who has also for a long time suffered from anxiety at differing amounts throughout my life, sometimes that fun excitement can feel very similar to anxiety and it's sometimes hard to then differentiate between the two. And every now and then, then it's, um, that's when I do not have fun when I'm dating, when I'm overanalyzing. And again, coming from that, more scarcity mindset I think yeah I have anxiety too I've had it for years I you know take supplements <laughs> to regulate it which really helps without those spikes yes um but it can also and this is obviously there's a whole context of things but your person will likely feel like watching a beautiful calm sunset rather than going to a rock concert yeah. or a music festival. And generally the people that, or the one who will become your partner will just smooth your edges. Yeah. Not really do. And you can say, hey, like I'm like freaking out. I've got anxiety. Sorry, like I'm spiraling. Did you not text me for five hours because you hate me or because you were at work? And, and then they go, oh my God, it's fine. I get it. Don't worry. Whereas the wrong person will gaslight you and say, oh my God, like what's wrong with you? Relax. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, anxiety is absolutely a biochemical journey that's ours. And if I didn't regulate it as with any mental yeah. illness, but with any part of ourselves that we're out of alignment it's up to us to regulate it just makes it a smoother journey mm -hmm. uh, because your filter you when your partner is being 
beautiful and normal you want your filter to reflect that you don't want someone who's doing their best and trying and is actually being beautiful but you're freaking out because usually they text you good morning with two kisses but this one morning they just said hi (laughs) I'm telling a true story from my life yeah that's the kind of stuff that I would freak out about for a long time and like always look for threats like what's wrong are they mad at me are they something else and is that why they can't talk call me immediately well they haven't called I don't want to psycho like I totally get that narrative but um, it's really empowering to let people know and show that vulnerability and go like because you're so cute you know you can just do it like in an endearing way and saying oh my god like I'm totally spiraling are we going out on a date tonight because you haven't like confirmed and I've got like way cooler things I could be doing if you're like busy (laughs) does that does that help or is there more to it yeah, no, totally. I think that's so true. And yeah, I think really it is um, something that I constantly try and remind myself of. I guess maybe it's becoming my mantra is that um, trying to validate myself, like get that internal validation as opposed to the external validation. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's obviously really nice to have external validation, but like you said, maybe making that like the 20 to 30% as opposed to relying on that 100 percent what um what I I think we have a a gift or it's an asset and this is why you are doing this podcast to inspire more women into the recognition of their own magical power is Mm. if our partner or the person we're dating is not our supply then Mm. what is and ritual connection to our art to our creative work to the magic to the moon is actually what feels is the more organic thing to be in primary relationship with Mm -hmm. so I because the more busy I am the more in love with this journey and life that almost the partner becomes secondary and I don't have children but that level of consumption with your your oracle, your work, your plant, your medicine, ideally, because there is so much work to do on this planet, Mm -hmm. ideally you're so in service and consumed that the person who's lucky to be in your orbit, Mm -hmm. the ones that are catching a glimpse of your attention because you are a woman deeply embodied on a mission. Mm -hmm. And it's not that hard to do when we live this mission-oriented life and connected to the medicine and the magic. And a lot of women who haven't discovered that part of their lives, perhaps they are in careers or environments that don't allow them to get to know their witch within, the spiraling and the anxiety can be more resonant. But mm. women who are discovering their music, their song, um, it becomes a lot easier to tune out that noise or being referenced and whether you meet your soulmate next month or tomorrow I hope your level of devotion to the work never changes yeah that's what keeps you magnetic yeah that is so beautiful and I love that reference to the moon and you know that higher source because Mm. that is um infinite yeah and And unconditional yeah 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 and that feels um that reassurance and Mm. that level of 
not safety, but it just zooms you out in that bigger picture. Mm. And then you don't get caught up in all those little details yeah. as well, giving yeah. you that um, perspective. So I really love how yeah. you've articulated that. That's very potent. Mm. That's good. Um, we would love to um, talk to you about the definition of your definition of the divine feminine. Mm. And what do you describe as the feminine intelligence? Mm. What is mm. that um, to you? And how mm. do you embody that? Yeah, I, I often dance or muse on the word divine and feminine because mm. to me, just being a woman and the act of creation and love that we embody already feels divine and in the earth. And yeah, and you're nodding in recognition because saying, well, there's the feminine here and then there's the divine feminine, like up there. But to me, feminine wisdom feels like very, very close to the ground and earth to lie on the earth like sometimes you know if you've had plant medicine and you sort of lie on the earth and you just feel the heartbeat of the mother mm -hmm. and it has now been scientifically proven that our heart has 40,000 more neurons and 5,000 times the electromagnetic field of the brain so it is an intelligence center mm -hmm. and the womb the the sacred womb, the womb that, the cosmic womb that exists, whether a woman may have had a hysterectomy or whether she has lapsed her conception journey, it doesn't matter. The, the sacred womb that's pregnant with possibility is always there. And it's like our little energetic portal, like the third eye connects us, so too does the womb. And it is said that the womb connects us to all women before in the lineage of all women like this cloud computing but of the sacred feminine wisdom what the women used to know mm. and I have felt evidence of that that when I do body work with women and we sort of just do energy work on their womb so many times a woman on my table who works you know corporate IT during the day will break into an ancient song a song that feels thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, like a time before language, something incredibly primal, primordial, indigenous. And it's happened numerous times, even when I was doing my Tantra training, which shows whose song is this? Is this the original song of creation? And why does it always sing when it's in the womb? So that is my kind of description if you could put words to the unspeakable but of this feminine divinity and that's divine in itself without being esoteric or outside of yeah. anything we have here yeah accessing yeah. that we all have you know the ability to access that yeah and yeah remembering that power as well absolutely um, and that we are all connected yeah we're all divine feminines um, yeah, I think that is very powerful how you said that. Yeah, absolutely. So empowering. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about dating. Mm -hmm. in, like embracing that feminine in dating. What does that mean? What does that look like? And similarly, like 
should we be embracing our masculine energies as well or is it better to date more in the feminine I look I think the feminine energy has incredible value in dating especially in modern dating and I hear stories all the time because the feminine is in essence an ability to feel all that's moving through your body and we associate feminine yes it's the wisdom of the heart and the womb but being in your feminine is feeling every sensation and emotion on a very central perspective so when there's music you dance and you move when there is delicious food on your taste buds you mm, emanate that joy with sound and movement but what a lot of people don't realize is to be very receptive and orgasmic you also need to equally hold tension and pain because that too is a sensation and the feminine doesn't distinguish between a good sensation and bad sensation it's just feeling it all and in the dating perspective the uncertainty and vulnerability of the early phase can feel uncomfortable so the masculine will go in and fix it and break the tension the feminine is that patience and ability to sit with things and just allow the universal energy and wisdom to take place what is to take place um and as always with a situation, it's like, it depends, but we don't have to always have the last word. We don't have to always feel the silence. Just slow down, breathe and be, and see what the tension of you holding that frequency without spilling it magnetizes out of this person in front of you that you're trying to get to know. Mm. That to me, it's like that ability to be the queen and hold the tension and just slow down, let things happen, let them come to you. How else are you going to learn and observe someone if you don't watch how they court, when they contact you, how they contact you, where do they take you? What is their relationship with time? Um, you know, do they pick you up on a bicycle or the bus or the truck? It's like you're getting to know everything if you just hold that tension. So that's dating from the feminine. Yeah, and I guess in doing that, you're allowing the space for your intuition to really step in and know intuitively whether you even like that person or not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly, and a lot of that safety and pleasure we were speaking before about anxiety can be on the other side of that tension. Mm. So it's not only being, that's it, so beautiful. I haven't even thought of that that deeply like that, Emily, that it's also just, holding the tension with yourself, mm. not just in relation to other, but just sitting and breathing and not rushing and allowing yourself to have your process and your journey and that we're not in a rush. That time in, I think, in the more masculine paradigm of dating, we are more on a timeline of when we're going to have a baby, when we need to move in together, when we're going to you know, sleep with them. The feminine is just devoid of relating and moment to moment, like, you're just in the moment with that person and what happened with them 10 years, 10 minutes before versus what's going to happen an hour later has nothing to do with just you interacting in the moment. Mm. That's really worked because before I really had the discipline to just drop in and do this, 
I was always running away from myself, pushy, like anxious and da-da-da-da-da, come on, come on. So, yeah. It really feels a little nice. I like taking that pressure off, taking yeah. that pressure off yourself and just that energy that you have around yeah. you as well and how that could be, you know, making the situation more tense yes. in, yeah. in the dating as yeah. well if you're trying to, like, force something rather than just letting it be. Yeah, I love that. Um, can you speak to us about sexual magnetism and in regards to that, the feeling desired, mm. how, yeah, what's your take on that magnetism and how to cultivate that? Mm. Yeah, I love these questions. What a fun <laughs> chat. Um, for me, it comes back to that piece around keeping your cup full. So what is it full with? It's really incredible how so much of self-care and personal development kind of stops at the gut. And only now are we seeing a, a revolution and a remembering and reintegration of the power and the intelligence of our sexual energy and how it's actually linked to our nervous system and every other faculty. So our sexual and erotic energy is the same as magnetism and when we are filled up with it then a we feel sexy and attractive and nobody can tell us otherwise and our own frequency becomes irresistible and many of us will try and be seductive you know, wear the incredible dominatrix shoes and lingerie and the hair and the lipstick without really cultivating that energetic piece. Mm. And then there is a sense of almost entitlement and expectation from a partner or the world to validate and say, wow, you had your hair blow dried and love that dress. Incredible. You're so sexy. But that can be a shell if we don't do the energetic work first and everybody can have sex and everybody can be attractive but if we are playing in this reverent area of sexual magnetism I mean that's really advanced energetic high frequency work and it's super easy and fabulous and pleasurable to cultivate so you can self-pleasure and just let the energy build up without spilling it too much with orgasm, although women arguably, the, the sexual energy keeps building. We don't spill our life force in the same way that the male orgasm does, mm -hmm. but touch, self-pleasure, just continuing to cultivate it through the five senses. Breast massage is incredible. Dancing slowly to three of your most sensual songs. Mm -hmm. Breathing and the, the rhythm of breath in a certain way, sometimes really slow breath other times with sound singing uh all those are kind of the mimicking of the erotic act and then you can go out into the world or merge with your lover and just hold that frequency within again trying to make the move or trying to spill it and go do you notice anything different about me <laughs> just being and letting the potency of you holding that space reveal to you what it wants to pull in yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah absolutely it does. yeah, yeah. I think it's, um so true like it's so many of us almost try on 
feeling sexually magnetic. Like you said, by putting the lipstick on or doing her hair in a certain way or getting a nice expensive lingerie set. Um, but as you said, if we're not feeling that and fully stepping into it, then it's only going so far. And mm -hmm. again, then requiring external validation again, isn't it? Of wanting that person to recognize and validate you as being sexually attracted instead of, again, filling up our own cup and feeling sexy in ourselves and in our, our being. Mm. I think if the feminine had a mantra, it would be do less. Mm. And when we are filled up, what that seduction is, you just like barely twitch an eyebrow or breathe a certain way and others are, the, you know, the object of your desire will notice um, these very, and that includes sexually, the movements, the more that we become deeply into our sexual energy, the more still we become. Mm. It's be almost an, an intuitive stilling to contain that palpable potency. And a lot of, you know, there's this wonderful movement of, you know, sexual positivity and empowerment and, you know, shows like Euphoria and we're seeing a very overt expression and dancing and exaggeration. Uh, but in fact, sexual magnetism is pulling right back in mm. and doing less, doing the bare minimum, like when you're dancing, like barely moving. And that's what from a tantric perspective really builds up and holds that energy in, but play with it, do a lot and then do less and notice become your orbit yeah interesting and how i mean and again like cultivating that from within and mm. understanding that and yeah i love the the more the yeah doing less yeah yeah mm. how do we attract the right type of person because I seem to, like, uh, so far in dating, I seem to be attracted to slash I attract similar types, not physically, um, but I love me an unavailable person. Like, either they are emotionally unavailable, they're geographically unavailable, they're just not available. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not the type that I would like to <laughs> ultimately attract. Um, so how do we attract yeah, the right type. And do you think that there is only one right type? Like, do you believe in the one? Mm. I have to say that I don't believe in the one. Mm. Um, I believe in just a constant flux of energy. Mm. My partner and I are interacting in this moment in time. Yeah. I may change in five years. Yeah. Ten oh, God forbid one of us may die. And that's, I mean, I'd love for him to be a widower his whole life. But <laughs> no, um, that's, why am I even saying those things? Knock on wood. But you know what I mean? It's like life may go on. And that I don't believe for a second that we're not going to continue to love and enjoy and have energy if we approach things from an energetic perspective. Um, for you, if I were to tune in as to the unavailable people, I feel there is in dating a certain apprehension that you have, an apprehension of like, oh, I don't know what's possible and what you deserve. And 
as an experiment and let me know how it goes. I want you to stubbornly like proclaim like your declaration. I only want available, amazing, like masculine polarity, this, this and that. And like, that's it. There is no gray area. There's no maybe. Yeah. It's like you haven't like stubbornly declared. Maybe you don't think it's possible. You deserve it. Or do you dare to ask that of the goddess and the universe? But it's like, no, that's the standard. Aim higher. Whatever you think it is that is your one for the mm. moment, your one, I, I think it's even four times better. Yeah. You can amplify your criteria and don't even accept an ibble dibble less. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so empowering. I, I agree with you, Alina. I don't believe that there is the one and that, yeah, it is all about energy. And I think mm -hmm. that really takes the pressure off because mm -hmm. society tells us it's all this pressure. There is this one. You yeah. have to find this yeah. one. And, and there's however many billion people in the world, but you have to find just the one and it's your one. And is that person the right one? <laughs> Are they not? How do you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I love the, the feeling of that, that non-attachment that you have mm. of we're enjoying this right now and this is what it is. And, you know, when we're not enjoying that anymore, then, you know, maybe that, that, soul contract that we have mm. is you know it's time to move on or yeah it just takes that pressure off and mm. it keeps on giving us that invitation to um see each other in our fullness mm. and no longer kind of just expect mm. um and so i really like that perspective mm. absolutely mm. and again i think it's like a very abundant way of thinking and looking at things that okay yeah this is what I'm willing to accept and energetically this is what I'm wanting and I, I'm not going to accept less and I'm not scared that by accepting less that I'm going to end up alone forever mm. yeah accept way more even like yeah and that in terms of what we charge what we think we can yeah. get away with with a holiday or it's like whenever it becomes audacious is when it becomes magnetic yeah. so I just think maybe you're um, a kind of uh, magnet or pool of dating is no, like normalized you're like oh that's just what's out there but the minute you become audacious and say no stuff all these rookies <laughs> my king is like on this level yeah that's it that's when it happens yeah. and um yeah like to the one I believe like with every cell of my being that the partner I'm with right now is my one because it's just so easy it fits and flows but our crystalline grid will change in some way so if him and I were like god forbid I mean the thought petrifies me if we were to part ways but if we were then I will hurt and heal and restructure and be a different person to who I am now. So mm. that version of myself will have her one. Mm. This version of me has this one. Yeah. If I were to go and, you know, like that sliding doors, another quantum version of me has a different one. But this version of you has your one. Yeah. 
Yeah. They just come in like that when you're audaciously true to yourself and you just own the freak that you are and the witch that you are. And yeah. this podcast has been a coming out for me because I've secretly felt I was a witch. But ever since you, know, you invited me and we spoke about doing it, I've had a massive shift. It was so cathartic. I just went, oh, my God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm identifying as a witch and I'm coming oh, out. It was yes. So many things have happened and I thank you so much. And I guarantee you right now, my partners before the other two partners prior, I wasn't even allowed to have goddess cards in the house because they were seen as occult. And I was using them not even for divination, but just for like symbols. Like what, what is your mood today? Are you this one? Are you that one? Whereas my partner now is, you know, kind of traditional and conservative, but he feels into just the truth and the purity of the divine feminine that I can finally freely express and he can meet that. And same with you. If there's just any part of you that's holding back from your magnificence and you being this absolute queen or maybe, you know, like the dating experience can knock our confidence like nothing else and we sort of spiritually limp in, but it's time to just dust off the wings and the crown and go, do you remember who I am? Emily and bang and go no 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 I'm not even entertaining this person anymore it's like you know yeah I had an epiphany today and bought a whole new wardrobe because I realized that I'm not the person who's in my wardrobe anymore I'm a witch like (laughs) these things anymore I need everything that's like Stevie Nicks would wear (laughs) it's like I want you to go and potentially get a whole new wardrobe of prospects like no that is so not me anymore like that's me yeah yeah Yeah. yes and I think that coming back to image and the how we present is really in part of this process of allowing that and allowing that energy into our life and I love that you know with your partner now you feel Mm. very at ease because that is a lot um, a lot of women ask me that like Tara how can you be so like spiritual and you know like what about your husband and it's really interesting because um that is the same I have that same there's there's no judgment there he Mm -hmm. just sees my truth and he understands that on a different level to how I'm expressing my truth and what I'm doing but it's never too much and it's never too out there because he just um, understands it from his perspective mm-hmm. so I love that you know it's not necessarily having to dim down where mm-hmm. we are spiritually mm-hmm. or you know who we are it's going to be met and accepted mm-hmm. when we accept it ourselves yeah. like he never didn't accept who I was some some elements of me I was like oh I can't show that fully but we have to accept mm-hmm. like and embody it first yeah what makes you beautiful it's like just and it's it's okay for it to be mysterious like the less very often like the less they really understand it or whatever the more kind of alluring and magnetic you become it's like who is this special amazing queen I'm with I don't quite understand her but I know that I can never lose her you know (laughs) I love that you spoke before about um you know sometimes dating can knock your confidence Mm. how can we cope with and navigate and move on from rejection or heartbreak yeah oh so many ways 
I think it begins with the story. Mm. And um, I don't know if it was an article or a meme, but we tend to feel more heartbroken from like just random situationships. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a thing. Yeah. Than, you know, breaking out with someone we've been with for years. Yes. Amen. <laughs> I remember some of my heartbreaks and situationships from my early 20s, which was like 15 plus years ago. And I'm still like, if I were to see them in the street, I'm like, you broke my heart. And he's like, how are you again? I don't remember you. Um, so, I mean, with that, like, how crazy are we, like, to invest so much fantasy yeah. in one person? And one thing that has helped me is don't get excited about anything and take everything with a grain of salt for three months. I don't care if you've had like the most incredible week of your life and this and that is happening. Situations and people can turn. And even if they say, I want to marry you, I want to be with you, they felt like this before. You go, okay, cool. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Don't fall in love and run away with yourself for three months. After three months, you'll know. And that, I would say that minimizes 90% of these expectations we want it so much and we get so excited um and then you know just blame them you know if they <laughs> that's a joke but kind of if if after three months they realize that they're not ready to be with you an yeah. empowered magical beautiful woman then you go oh, if you're not ready stop that your fault yeah and then only after that would i consult friends, the oracle, the mm. journal and say, okay, is there anything for me to learn? Um, it's really nice. And there are, I've have, you know, of course, a lot of friends who ask my relationship advice and my advice is always counter to what other friends mm. recommend. And that would be like the number one thing Friends who are also maybe single or going through dating trauma or feeling a little bit knocked down and disenchanted by the process are going to give this rah-rah girl power advice that comes from a place of trauma and doesn't really feel into the laid complexities of the situation. Mm. You know, hey, babe, you deserve more, you know, F him off, <laughs> you deserve better, but then you kind of scratch beneath the surface and you realise that, well, actually, no, there was... A reason why perhaps mm. this person pulled away and, and the dance could still be in its dance phase mm. instead of its nesting phase. So yeah, mm. don't get invested too quick. Don't mm. let people place ideas in your head that may be out of your alignment and intuition. And some they're, they're, they're not your person. Like it's if you are a non-polyamorous person, you do only need one. Like 99.9% .9 of people that you date, it's not going to work out with. Yeah. Go in with that. Don't be shocked that, oh my God, this person's not my husband. Yeah. Oh, crushing. <laughs> like the opposite. If anything, you'd be like, wow, I didn't, you turned out to be the one that I'm dating. <laughs> what are the odds? Pretty low, but <laughs> let's go. So it's like to flip it and have fun with it. And it doesn't mean that you go in cynical and say, oh, you're not going to work out anyway. You just go like, I'm going to enjoy you. Just let's see what adventure these next three months brings and then we can reevaluate. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
Do you think there's anything else that can make us feel rejected that maybe I haven't covered? I think actually, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on ghosting because it's happened a few times for me and I guess it is where ultimately they're not emotionally available and they probably shouldn't be dating in the first place if they can't have a human conversation with you as a, an adult. Hmm. But yeah, I think that's quite hurtful because obviously you're not for them, you're not their cup of tea, but the fact that they can't even tell you that and then you have no understanding of why it's happened. Have you um, ever asked someone that's ghosted you and said, what happened? Mm. They've come back? No. No. Oh. Actually, I did once. I got double ghosted by a guy. So the first time he apologised and he had a very elaborate excuse as yeah. to what had happened and massive apology. And then he did it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I've I've always spoken to my ghosters and <laughs> so I just go like, what was that film High Fidelity? Like, why'd you break up with me? I just want to know. Yeah. Uh, but just observing in hindsight and I now this strange portal in the universe has opened up that I have male clients again as well and listening to their perspective we immediately think when we ghosted wow am I like not even a human being to you yeah am I so invisible to you that I'm not even owed the courtesy of a human conversation yeah. and for the ghoster 99 like no one is ever that mean people are just so exhausted at the moment overwhelmed at the moment yeah maybe their company is like stressing because of COVID maybe they've been on the phone all day and then they just kind of see anything and they go like I can't deal it's almost like a sign of low mental health so many percent of the time and that's why you you get that elaborate response because they go um I also have a hundred emails in my inbox that I haven't dealt with um I flaked on three things and yes we've gone on a couple of dates like I'm so sorry I'm an asshole and when you check in again it doesn't respond back so very often it is that mm. um I think also people don't have the tools to have uncomfortable conversations mm. that it's incredible how few willing how few people are willing to feel vulnerable or awkward they don't like awkward yeah so it's like I just I would rather like well stick my head in the sand and pretend it was never there and it goes away than actually be like oh I don't know how to say this but look um you're beautiful there's an art to letting someone down in a way that actually makes them feel like you're complimenting them mm. which you should be yeah. But not a lot of people don't have like they haven't read books or they haven't been taught. So yeah. they they would rather. So why do people hate public speaking? They would rather be considered an asshole from somebody they're probably never going to run into again than have the awkward conversation. And then there's like the five percent who generally are sociopaths, narcissists, yeah. ha- have no empathy, give zero f's about your feelings, but. They're the minority population, whereas you think everyone's in that population. You just go, hmm, I'm ghosted. I would ask and like put yourself out of your misery and say, hey, um, look, um, had really fun time with you. Like, I guess you're a bit busy and you don't want to hang out. Just thought I'd check in, but you know, wish you love and light and mm-hmm. lunar darkness. Just it's 
assume it's not personal and then the person you, you can make a really beautiful friend out of that yeah they may come out of their rut a few months later and say you know what you were so gracious I haven't been able to stop thinking about you my dog sadly passed away and I got a new job but I'm kind of out of my slump love to take you out for a drink because mm. he didn't take it personally that's mm. this, that real power when you realize that you are just magnetic and awesome and no matter what your life is going to be rich and amazing that you can ask these things and yeah, yeah that's that's what I've learned about ghosting like I don't think very few people ever ghosted me I've been ghosted a lot and very few times it's been because they thought I was a piece of shit yeah <laughs> they just, life was just like boggled and they didn't have the tools yeah yeah mm. I think that's a great reminder 100 percent. that would be the thing um mm. And, you know, that's just something else you can command. I want someone who's a good communicator. It's an age thing. Yeah. Older guys, I find, tend to call a lot more. Younger guys text. Younger people, and by younger, I mean like 30-ish and under. Um, older people tend to have those old world courtesies, pre-internet courtesies of <laughs> calling. So yeah. it can be a cultural thing as well because it's so normalised. Yes, absolutely. Yes, this is why I don't know how I would go. So my husband's a little bit older than me and he is the phone calls. And I, I don't know how I would go with the texting. I, yeah. I wouldn't go great with that one. <laughs> but I love that perspective shift because a lot of the time you could feel how you feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like why has this happened? But I really like that perspective shift of they you know, not giving them uh, an excuse, but like just giving that compassion mm. and then for yourself as well and allowing you to move move on. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I like that reframe. Yeah, totally. Yeah. In in all those cases, it's not about you. Yeah. Maybe 0.001% of the time you did something to offend them. But even if they are a horrible person and rude, it's not about you. Whereas yeah. we immediately make so much of everything about us and then amend our own approach because you know you shut down you protect yourself whether it's cancelling a date or taking too long to reply all those things that are just modern people very poorly but juggling their complexities whereas we immediately like it's just such a waste of your own spiritual power to always take it personally and that's where you know the the reconnection to the ritual comes in and the sensuality and knowing that it's even in a relationship like you've still got to wake up you know wash wash the dishes iron your clothes like do your thing drive go to the grocery store like it's not this thing where life just becomes ooh. yeah <laughs> your life will be like for the most part unchanged yeah yeah, yeah. and Lizzie, I love, yeah i love how you mentioned the divine timing like leading up to that divine timing, because this is what I love about the astrology charts. And yeah. you can see that there's phases of your life. And sometimes we're pushing so hard mm. in one of those phases that energetically is just not in alignment. So having more flow, more ease, and like you say, Alina, um, you know, into that feminine mm. um, is such a is such a powerful and more joyous way to live. Yeah. I just, yeah, and you, you can see that. And Handing it over to the divine as well sometimes is really helpful to me. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to 
I've done what I can with mm. this situation and I'm going to leave this up to divine to, to orchestrate what needs to, mm. to happen. I think sometimes though, as a single person, it can be really frustrating to hear that, that you just need to trust that the right mm. will come at the right time. Yeah. Sometimes that can feel really disempowering and like, well, what it, like do I just sit here then and just wait? Or when is my yeah. time? <laughs> yeah. When is that? Is it going to happen? Like <laughs> yeah. And well, I think what what's really helped me is just not to want anything too much. Mm. Because we already have everything. Like and when we come back to the wisdom of our body, then you just follow your desires. And when the stories of how it's supposed to look dissipate, you instantly actually attract and suddenly all these different people and, you know, prospects, men and sex and dancing and adventure appears. But if we become too tunnel vision, having anything that we really yearn for is beautiful, but also incredibly challenging. And I don't, I don't know, that's just my perspective. Like, oh, we want a relationship. Why do we want it so much? Yeah, it's beautiful, but not being in one is really beautiful. Yeah. Having a baby is beautiful. Not having a baby is like really beautiful as well. And, yeah. you know, and many mothers agree, like traveling overseas is beautiful, but staying put at home is. So yeah. we've got a question. What, what are we telling ourselves to make us want it so much? Because there are many ways of, life being beautiful and and they're all valid they're all equal in their fulfillment and pleasure and the luxury they can offer so as soon as you go into the story like well no no that's my thing as soon as you go into story you demagnetize it so your time will come you know what if if someone said to you that's it it's never ever ever happening for you you just have to be coco chanel or you know any of those fabulous women who are not defined by their relationships and make do what yep. would your life be then like that's it it's off the table it's never yep. happened now what yeah. and then you align with divine timing and it's always quicker and better yeah. but wh why do we want any of these things so much yeah yeah it's that freaking great they're beautiful but they're not like oh yeah yes and it doesn't <laughs> end there and this is why you know in a relationship they're still that um i don't like to use the word work but there is that work that mm -hmm. is involved and mm -hmm. it's a different type of beautiful and i just wish to my younger self i'd said don't not waste so much time like worrying mm -hmm. about it like it'll it'll come like mm -hmm. and i think i could have got to other degrees in the amount of time i like wasted <laughs> doing that stuff you know what i mean like yeah waiting and watching and yeah. thinking and yeah and i really like this whole um you know embracing your life like fully yeah. and and not waiting for something um to fill up the piece yeah 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 again filling up your own cup yeah right? yeah. yeah i love that yeah. um so uh, we would also love to ask, how do you know when you're truly ready to receive a loving relationship? Mm -hmm. And I guess that is along the, the lines yeah. that I've been talking about. Mm. You know, uh, like Em was just saying, um, why we haven't met them yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you know when you're I, I actually think when you no longer want it, yeah. take it or leave it. 
when I really wanted a relationship and I really focused on it, the two relationships, including a marriage that I, I was in, were like super unhappy. Mm. Like I, they, I didn't choose from the right place. Yeah. And as the minute that you realize that you actually are already married and in a relationship with the universe, yeah. God, with whatever kind of creatrix energy that you have is when you're ready because again the your partner will just be a 30 percent enhancement they'll never be your supply Mm -hmm. so if there's any tricky parts of you that are saying no like I'm ready to receive I really want it I've done the work like where are they go back the minute that you're like you know what yeah, like it'd be nice to meet someone, but like I'm kind of having fun and maybe like I want to go to London and maybe I want to like move to Costa Rica and oh, there's like all these, you know, men that are after me right now that I just want to date. That's when you're ready for a relationship. Yeah. 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 I guess you have to, your number one relationship is, yeah, with yourself and then with the divine world around you, right? Yeah. Well, when you're in relationship like with the divine, you know, with God, I mean, I think the nuns have it right. They just sort of don't really have much fun. But <laughs> but when here's the thing, when you are kind of sort of marry the divine and say, this is like that masculine force, like that penetrates the earth, mm-hmm. is my masculine, you're going to have a lot of masculine in your world. So it's not like you're like, oh, it's just a relationship with myself and I like live this life of going to women's circles and picking flowers and just a life, you know, without the the masculine energy. As soon as you go, no, like I'm already devoted to the masculine energy of the universe, men are going to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's going to be hotties when you go to get coffee, when you drop off your laundry, on the way back from yoga, like, you know, hitting you in the dms is going to be non-stop and you're going to have that big smile on your face like you do now and it's going to be abundant i'm speaking from first-hand experience um the two amazing relationships i've had including this one now both times i was dating like three to five people at a time like i was feeling like i was you know the queen of sheba i was like oh yeah like i didn't even realize and it became a surprise each time like it it was a pleasant surprise but again like my partner like I adore him I I get so scared to think he wasn't in my life but there's also another part of me that's very like take it or leave it like I I know I'll be okay and just if not him someone else he'll never listen to this podcast thank god (laughs) he's scared of witches (laughs) but um it's yeah okay well we can speak freely then it's like next if if I wasn't with them like I'll manifest something different there's that abundance because I know that my true marriage is to the masculine of the universe Mm -hmm. and allow and allow that energy to cuddle you to ravage you to fuck you to nourish you to hold you when you're close that you you are already with like if you need to imagine a big stud angelic angel that is always with you when you're making a cup of tea in the morning, pretend that you're having a cup of tea with your celestial boyfriend. When you're walking down the street, you can hold their hand. It's it's what I did, it works. And it's like, well, it's like saying, well, you know what, like I'm with Brad Pitt, so who cares about all these other guys? But you're with this like Archangel Gabriel or whoever, you know? Yeah. It's fun and it works. And I just can 
see by the beaming, beautiful expression on your face that it feels good and it's so much more fun. I want you to have a life be full of masculine energy because it's delicious. And of course we yearn for it, but don't be too attached that it's only going to come in like, you know, some hipster that's going to end up being your boyfriend. Yeah. Mm, because right. if, if we're desperately craving that, then our standards are dropping, aren't they? We end up settling for someone who can give us on the surface level what we are wanting, but really not much more. Yeah, you'll put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. Make excuses, um, stuff that if you know that, you know, you're you're already engaged to like Archangel Gabriel, who's like super hot. You're like, I don't need you. I've but <laughs> I'm like, should see my boyfriend. <laughs> and unless you're like on that level of divine masculine, yeah. then I'm good. So yeah, like invite the divine masculine into your life, but in so many ways. Mm. Like, really like powerful not like little boy masculine but like divine like ugh. whatever that feels like delicious and titillating for you yeah awesome I love that yeah <laughs> um Alina we love to end on what does health is a new wealth mean to you I love that question I think it's just a commitment to frequency and energy and vitality. Um, April, I'm having a bit of like a health kick and a detox. And I thought, why am I doing it? And just the word life force keeps coming up to sleep less, to wake up radiant and wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, to have passion through your eyes and voice, just energy. Yeah. what it means for me energy and how fully present and available we are and how much of our passion we bring through every cell of our life force of our sexual energy we bring through every cell how alive we are yeah. how alive we are yeah <laughs> beautiful love it I'm not sure how much more radiant you can be after April. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, this will be interesting <laughs> to see. Um, and we would love to know uh, how others can work with you. Yeah, um, I, I'm doing something called monthly mentoring. Uh, and we can tap in for an hour a month or a few hours every month and Every woman has her own blueprint. And so we'll just figure out what those couple of hours a month will look like for you. Mm -hmm. It could be body work. It could be kind of hypnotherapy and releasing beliefs. It could be just lessons and feminine wisdom, or it could be career coaching from the feminine. However, feels aligned for us to support monthly mentoring. And uh, you can DM me about, about that on Instagram. And I'm pretty sure there's a new tab on my website that's coming this week because it's my new offering. Ooh, beautiful. So exciting. My um, angel boyfriend and I will check it out. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Can't wait to meet them. Yeah. There you go. You're ready. You know this. <laughs> it has been absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, sharing this you. energy with you. Wow. I've absolutely enjoyed this. So yeah. Thank you so much. So much. I feel like you're my new besties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love to hang out with you soon. And thank you again for having me on your amazing portal. Thank you so much for thank joining you. us. And thank you for stepping into your witchy power. Yes. Celebrating you. you. Yeah.
Love it. Love being in your coven. Thanks for listening, fellow witch. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. And come and join us on social media. We are at Witches Meet Witches on Instagram. And we have our free private Facebook group, the WBW Coven as well, um, which is a really beautiful group of like-minded witches just like you. Yeah, and we'd love to know your takeaways from this episode. So send uh, send us a message on Instagram and, yeah, share with us. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth. And kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.